Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to a new episode of Business and Books with Molly McCord, where we talk about things that matter to you as an author, solopreneur, or anyone who is sharing their work in the world. We look at what matters to you professionally and emotionally. We get to the heart of what's going on under the surface, but we also tend to practical matters on this show. And so in today's episode, we're going to talk about something that's relevant to all of us who are online, and that is social media. I'm going to share with you some pros and cons of six different social media channels to help you prioritize where to spend your time to find and connect the people who are interested in your professional expertise. And now we can be doing so many things these days. I mean, I'm, I can only imagine how big your to-do list is, simply because I know how long my to-do list is. And we need to feel that we have some things managed, under control, not overwhelmed. They don't throw us off course or take away our motivation. You know, we need to know that we're on top of things. And I believe that social media is something that we can absolutely be on top of. So in addition to talking about these six social media channels, I'm going to share with you some really great tools that I hope help you manage this part of your online presence. Now, in my last episode, I gave you guidance for your online platform, and that show is about the five essential channels for your online platform, uh, what they each are, what you need to consider for each of these channels, and how to make the most of them. And so we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive in today's show. Now, please know you can always go back and listen to previous episodes of this podcast. I've only been doing this for a few months now, this podcast. Uh, I have other, another podcast I've been doing for six years. And this one I thought was important to help more of you understand all the dynamics that go into building up your business and books in the world. If you're new to me, to me, uh, you can find my website at mollymccord.online. I am an author of 12 books. I have coached and helped numerous uh, healers, entrepreneurs, and solopreneurs around the world with their businesses. And I love sharing with you everything I've learned from my years of sales, marketing, and business development experience. I have worked for some Fortune 500 companies. I've worked for small businesses. I've worked one-on-one with entrepreneurs. I have a vast scope of experience, and I like to make sure that other people benefit from it. And so that's also why I do this podcast. Now, I just opened up more of my coaching sessions, so if I can help you in a more one-on-one capacity, please check that out on my website. 
You'll also find on my website new business training videos. And this is where I do more of a deep dive into particulars of your business. So, for example, as an author, I talk about what it means to have one book versus many books out there. I give you insights into how to keep building up your business. We talk about finances your email marketing list, uh, taxes, you know, all these things that come up. And I've learned a lot uh, as I've had to build up my author platform, and I want to help make it easy for you too. So you can find all of that and more over at mollymccord.online. And I have to tell you, one of the things about being a solopreneur that I struggle with is always saying my name. <laughs> it's like you have to keep saying your name over and over again because it's part of your brand, right? So online is my website. So let's take a look at these six social media channels that I think are the most relevant right now. Now, I'm not going to talk about Snapchat because I don't know anything about Snapchat, to be honest with you. And it hasn't really been one that's right for my audience, so I trust that there are more experts out there who can give you accurate information if you want to know more about Snapchat. I'm also not going to talk about Google+, because Google+, is also something I don't know a lot about. Um, it, it was the thing, maybe what was that, 2013, 2014? It was kind of this up-and-coming thing, and it was rumored to be strong enough to replace Facebook, but it didn't, and it never really took off. Um, so I have not invested a lot of time and energy into uh, Google+. Plus. So again, I trust there are more people out there who are experts on that platform because I don't want to give you bad information. I want to give you good information, and that's why we're going to talk about Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, and LinkedIn. All right, those six. So let's get to it. I'm going to start with the biggest popular kid on the block, Facebook. Now, Facebook is really the star of social media for years now, and it could have been the very first platform that you started on with a personal account. And then we had more opportunities to develop our professional presence on Facebook when they brought in Facebook pages. And nowadays we have Facebook groups that are very popular. These are both important for your online platform because Facebook is where people are. It's where conversations are happening. It's where a lot of people are used to interacting whether it's through a news feed and scrolling with their friends or in groups, Facebook is very relevant. And it's where a lot of money is being invested and where people are paying to advertise. I believe that it is hard to be everywhere, right? It can be difficult to be on every social media channel. But you need to be present on a few, a minimum of two. And Facebook tends to be the right fit for a lot of authors and a lot of business experts, business people, business uh, professionals who are looking to get into the practices of their audience. And what I mean by that is that on Facebook you can run ads, 
You can target ads. You can do A-B testing. You can figure out who responds to your offerings and your services. There's so much you can do on the Facebook platform that it's really important to be there. Now, you could just be starting an author page or your business page. And today it's very different than it was six, eight years ago. Uh, When I started my Facebook page, I think it was 2011, my author page, it was much easier to get organic likes, to interact, to find like-minded people. Nowadays, you should expect to pay. You should expect to have to pay to advertise your Facebook page for likes to get to get people to get in front of people essentially. Now that's a con of Facebook. A pro is that everyone's there and a con is that you've got to pay to find those people. But you can find them for a small amount of money when you hone in and and target what else they like, similar products, similar authors, similar genres. It's worth it. And it's especially worth it if you already have it set up to link to your email marketing uh, your list, your newsletter, or to your website. Social media is something that none of us own. And I've been actually talking about social media um, channels for years now, and one thing I have kept telling people is that it's real estate we don't own. We are renting it. We are all renters. We are all on lease, okay? And so you have to understand that everything that you want from people needs to go back to what you own, which is your email marketing list or your website uh, or a sales page, uh, a book page. You know, social media is kind of a conduit, a necessary conduit to keep that relationship moving forward. On Facebook, you can advertise to find the people who like your professional page. You can also start a group. And depending on what you are interested in doing with your business and your work, it might be more worthwhile to have a group that focuses in on your specialty, your expertise, your books, uh, whatever it is for you. Because groups are more engaging. People feel included. Uh, There's better correspondence. They get an email. Um, when you make a post, there's different things you can do in a group that you can't do on a Facebook page. So you really want to look at what is best for you and what you're looking to do on Facebook. But I think that definitely it's a place to be and it should be a place to invest your time and energy. Uh, If you're an author, you definitely want to join some author groups. And if you are a business person, entrepreneur, you want to find other groups that support your work, that are business-minded, that can keep you tuned in to relevant practices and what's working right now. So Facebook is definitely uh, a relevant place. Now, connected to that is Instagram because Facebook owns Instagram. Well, Instagram is wildly popular these days, but it has its limitations. Now, Facebook is a great platform if you're someone who likes to write a lot on a post. You want to tell a story. You want to tell an anecdote. You're, you're sharing a case study. On Instagram, you have to do all of that through the visuals. It's more important than ever because that's what people are scrolling through, and they scroll through Instagram very fast. I mean, just monitor yourself, right? You go through it probably pretty fast. And that's how much time you have to captivate and capture someone's eyes, mere seconds. 
So Instagram is something that we consume more quickly. It is a visual-centric experience. It's not text-heavy. It is uh, switching to more video. Instagram stories are important. And Instagram is just becoming more relevant. It's it's strong. It's on the it's increasing in the engagements. Now Instagram, however, keeps changing its algorithm. And again, if you started on Instagram back in 2012-2013, then you were able to get a lot of people organically to follow you. But nowadays the algorithm is much different and it's much harder to find followers. And so on all of these platforms, hashtags are important. Hashtags are essential. And these are how people find you through. They're either searching through hashtags or each of these platforms has something where they can uh, look at what are the popular hashtags being used right now. Or they will uh, suggest accounts to people who are using similar hashtags. So Hashtags need to be included in everything these days, and that's very important on Instagram more than ever. Uh, Instagram stories are really important, and these are the ones that are that stay up for 24 hours and then they disappear. They're the circles at the top of the Instagram newsfeed, and they are how you really stand out. And you, you stay relevant and you highlight something or you create better relationships or stronger engagement. Each of these platforms that I'm discussing has very particular ways of engaging with people. And that's why it can be overwhelming, right? So that's why you really want to choose two or three to hone in on and focus on. You can't advertise on, on Instagram it's, it's actually you, you can do that through your Instagram account directly or through Facebook. But it's difficult to find followers. Uh, so that's why tagging is important. People will run special giveaways. They'll do special um, events to, to get people to follow. Instagram has just changed a lot, and, it's, and I, I see it as a con because it's harder to connect with the right people. And it's something that you just have to be realistic about in your expectations to know that it's not just you. Um, it's, it's a platform that it can be difficult to stand out. But you can also find the right quality. Um, it's important to make comments on Instagram posts. That's one way to get people to follow you is to write a sentence, write feedback, um, to post something on photos, and that way you stand out. So that's one good tip. But Instagram is growing and is very relevant, and uh, it also highlights a trend, which is how visuals are becoming more and more important across all social media channels. And right behind that, almost piggybacking right behind that, is video. And video becoming more and more important on all social media channels. I mean, in five years, all of these platforms could be video. That wouldn't be a long shot, you know. So think about that. Look at the trends. Look at where things are going. And you'll spot where you need to be. Now, also on Facebook and Instagram, you can do live video. Uh, that also helps you stand out. 
on these platforms. People see that you're live. They might get an alert on their phone. Uh, more people will find you. These platforms are supporting video more than ever. So it's worth it to invest in video or at least have that on your game plan because that is where things are going. That's where it's headed. And at least you have a heads up on that and you can incorporate that earlier into your social media channels. So let's talk about Pinterest because this one is easy to forget about. And yet Pinterest is very similar to Instagram because it's visual centric. It's all about the pictures. It's all about what you see. It's not a place that you would write a lot of copy or write a big story. You can, but people won't see that. Again, they're scrolling. And with Pinterest, they're scrolling with a lot of other content at the same time, a lot of images on the screen at once. So Pinterest is also something that people go to for information, how-tos, inspiration, education topics. And it's actually a really good channel if you need to visually stand out. If you have strong visuals in your marketing arsenal, if you have a way to captivate people visually, Pinterest is a great place to be. Because one thing that Pinterest does that the other channels don't do is that they will directly lead to your website, and that is a link that supports your SEO. So you're posting an image on Pinterest, and then you would include the link to your website. And then when someone clicks on that, it goes to your, to your website, and it all helps with your SEO because it drives traffic to your website. So Pinterest is unique because other social media channels don't do that. And so it's a great way to get traffic. It's a great way to direct to your blog, to your homepage, to a program, a landing page, a sales page. So don't underestimate Pinterest. However, you do need to have images ready to go. You need to have good images, uh, professionally done, professionally branded. They need to look sharp because, again, you're on a platform where all these other images are trying to stand out too. I think that Pinterest is actually working on improving their algorithm game. And so the more that people click on a like topic, uh, so for example, if you have a Pinterest board that's all about cooking, uh, slow cookers, okay, confession, I have that board. I start to get more recipes about slow cookers. I live in Florida. You don't want to turn on your oven if you don't have to. So a slow cooker is a great solution. So you use the slow cooker you know, pins, and then it starts to bring up relevant content, related content. And on Pinterest, it's also important to have hashtags. So you will post directly to Pinterest, or there's a Pinterest button that you would put on your, um, your search bar, your search, your, search, yeah, your search bar that allows you to pin from your website. It'll basically link back to a landing page on your website. And you take an image from that landing page and you connect it to your Pinterest account, and again, it supports getting traffic to your website. 
So I I like Pinterest. I've been on it for years. It's been good to me. And it isn't as uh, perhaps sexy as Instagram. It's not as popular, but it it's relevant and it's it works. There's also a certain demographic on there, which I would say skews heavily female and very focused on moms, crafts, food, inspiration, positivity. There's books, there's readers, there's business um, solutions on there, and it's but it's mostly focused to women. So just know that and know that there's definitely opportunities there. So, so Pinterest is one to check out. Uh, let's go here to number four, Twitter, good old Twitter. You know, Twitter has been a lo- around a long time, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was 2009 when I got on Twitter. And it was one of the first social media channels that was cool, you know, because everyone was there, and it's like this crazy dinner conversation with all, all these different conversations happening at once. And Twitter was a really good place for authors for a long time. And I would say it still is because there's a lot of hashtags on Twitter that are author-centric, that are reader-centric. Authors have been on Pinterest, or excuse me, Twitter for so long that they're still there. But Twitter has changed. Uh, they've extended the amount of characters you can use, uh, more Images are important. There's some videos. Uh, There's a different algorithm. Are you noticing a trend here? Each of these platforms is changing their algorithms. And that is meant to be helpful, and yet it can be frustrating if you feel like you aren't seen or you're not being found. And we don't always know everything that goes into these algorithm changes or what they're about, but I think what's happening is that a lot of these social media channels are moving towards monetization. So you can do Twitter ads. And I did Twitter ads back in 2014 and 2015, and they were okay. And I haven't done them recently, full confession, because I use Facebook. I think that the Facebook platform is excellent for ads. But that's not to say you can't find or you can't have a high-performing ad on Twitter if that's where your people are. Now, again, Twitter is fast-moving. And so you're dealing with all of us basically with our ADHD, right? Like you're just used to everything changing so quickly um, on Twitter that it can be hard to capture attention. And that can be good, and, and that can be too much. So you have to determine... Is it something your readers and your audience responds to? I think on Twitter you have to be flashy and instantaneous. It's sort of like if someone clicks on a link, they want to go right to the content, the information, exactly what you're advertising. Otherwise, there is that's not the Twitter user. The Twitter user wants it now. Uh, they don't want to go through a lot of reading, for example. They don't want to go through a lot of information. So you have different expectations on Twitter. It can be great for your email list and your newsletter. It can be great if you have a book on sale uh, or a free offer. Uh, it can be great for lead generation in that way. Now, Twitter recently changed their rules and regulations 
because they had so many spam accounts that were basically saying the same thing in every tweet. And so what they've done is they've eliminated the reposting that you can do. You cannot just constantly copy and paste in the same tweet and post it. They're looking for more authenticity and genuine information. So I think this is a good thing because it cuts out a lot of the false accounts, the fake accounts, uh, the ones that are you know, tr- trying to persuade or, or they're up to no good, let's call them. But on the other hand, Twitter is meant to help you um, get information out there and to be relevant. So include your hashtags on Twitter and know that their algorithm is changing too. Uh, but because it is a platform that has lost money, uh, there has been a certain revival of investment into Twitter. And so it might still, um, it's still relevant for some genres, for some professions, uh, but it depends on what result or outcome you're looking for, if it's the right, for, right one for you. Okay, two more here. LinkedIn is something that you want to be on if you are a professional who wants to connect with other professionals. If you're, a, if you're looking for an editor, a cover designer, um, support, if you want speaking events, speaking engagements, LinkedIn is where you want to go to connect with other, other professionals. So it's your business-to-business contacts. Um, It's very different than any other platform. Um, You have to watch out for spamming. You don't want to be a spammer. You could check out groups if there are other groups, whether these are local groups or just online groups that are supportive of your profession. Uh, LinkedIn has certain, uh, you know, rules and manners, as every platform does, so make sure that you're not sticking out like a sore thumb. It's not a place to do too much of that, but it is a good place to ge- to generate more relationships with people um, who can support you now. So LinkedIn might be beneficial. It is not a place for connecting with readers uh, generally, for example, or with clients, unless you're doing more of a word of mouth, unless you want to go to other people's networks. Uh, but it's not a direct connection, and that can be a con uh, for some people. Okay, only a few minutes left, and now we're going to talk about YouTube. So YouTube is the second biggest search engine. It is owned by Google, and, of course, it is video-centric. And so you would need to be aware of video. Um, However, there are numerous ways to also upload audio only, uh, including this podcast. I upload these as audio only on uh, through a service called Tunes to Tube. You, you, a lot of people are on YouTube and they want information and they see you or they connect with you, and so that could be very beneficial. However, because there's so many people on YouTube, it can be hard to stand out. And when you start a new account, it can take a while to get into the algorithms and to find those subscribers. What you want to do on YouTube is you want subscribers, you want comments, you want likes on your videos, and then you also want to watch your metadata because that also goes into the algorithm. So a metadata is what you name your files, the keywords in your video description. Um, It's also... Everything that you're putting into creating this one video, that's all the metadata. 
and that's how it and that's how the search on YouTube works is it picks up all of that information. Keep in mind that all of these channels take time because you're working with a new algorithm. So it takes time to build up a following on each one. And some people have been doing it for years. Some people have been on YouTube for over a decade. So it's a different game now. And that's why you want to really invest in two or three of these platforms that are right for you and that are going to connect with the audience you are looking for. I think that it's uh, YouTube is better when you are selling certain services and programs and coaching uh, because then people develop a clearer relationship with you. It can be okay for authors, but it depends how you are sharing information um, and, and how you are positioning yourself. There might not be a lot of readers on YouTube, for example. Now, to help you manage all of this, let me give you a few really good resources that I just love. One is called Later.com, and it helps you with your various social media accounts. Uh, it helps you to plan them out and to post them in advance. You have a schedule, scheduled posts. Another one is Hootsuite. It's been around for a long time. You've probably heard of Hootsuite, but that's another great social media management tool that might work great for you. And then the third one I have to recommend is called Meet Edgar. And Edgar is the octopus. That's their uh, mascot. And Edgar is a great tool for, again, managing all your content, but it repurposes your content. So it doesn't just post it once. Meet Edgar will repost your content across all of these different social media channels. So please check out these three resources. Again, later.com, hootsuite.com, or meetedgar.com. A few of them have free accounts so that you can try them out and determine if they work for you, if you like them, and then if you need more, uh, you can always upgrade. But this is a way to manage all of this. You don't have to be stressed about it. You don't have to be overwhelmed by it. It is necessary to be on social media these days, but there's other things that are more important for your business and books too. So I hope this show has given you some good insight into where it is right for you to be because that is where your audience is. That is where your readers are. And, you know, we're all doing the social media madness these days, and I hope that you can see that it's manageable. Please check out those tools. I use them. I love them. They make my life so much easier, and I hope they do the same for you. Thank you so much for joining me. Please check out the previous episodes of this podcast for more information and insights. And otherwise, I'll see you back here soon for a new episode. Take good care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.